Bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Yee-hoo! Bills podcast. Here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois, we're sitting here watching the Bills in our backyard getting shellacked, heading into halftime by the Chicago Bears. I'm Lars. Joining me tonight, the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton is here. We back, baby. And we're coming to you from the house that Sujit built. Sujit, the president of the Bills backers of Chicago, has brought us to Bitter Pops here on Lincoln Avenue. Suj, why don't you say a few words about this hallowed ground that you've brought us to this evening? I'm not going to say it's my second home, even though it is. Uh, This is a... Oh, Lord. Bills just got picked off again. Dear God. All right. And, uh, yeah, just a great... And it's not just about drinking here. Their uh, selection for purchasing beer is pretty incredible. But it's been an ugly game. It's it's a wonderful place. It's a wonderful place, but it's been an ugly game. Uh, Bills are now presently down 20 to nothing, heading into halftime. A.J. McCarron, the fifth-year veteran who has started... A playoff game appears to be getting all of the snaps in the fourth preseason game. The QB competition still remains up for grabs. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about the present state of this defense and everything else to get into tonight. We're not going to waste any more time. We're going to have some beer. We're going to enjoy some wings. We're going to watch a little Ugly Bills football, and we're going to talk to it, talk about it with you. So the last time we came to you, we were in Cassie Hutton's living room, shaking our heads and wondering why we drafted Josh Allen and not Josh Rosen. The young kid has shown flashes of brilliance in the preseason. He's also shown flashes of why he was maligned the way he was during the pre-draft process and it's still up for grabs whether or not he's going to be the day one starter i have been saying since i built a survey for all of our listeners to take way back in may that nathan peterman shall be the day one starter and i stand by that i think that's the way it's gonna go even though you did jump on the allen train for a little bit i thought he looked great but Cass, do you have anything to add nate peterman's gonna lead this team in all likelihood, against the Baltimore Ravens. How we feel about that? Oh, God, help us. Uh, no, I mean, Peterman's been great. He had a great off, uh, preseason last year. My only thing is... He had a great preseason this year. And last year. He had a great preseason last year as well. He had an eye-poppingly great preseason this year. Yes. Yeah, 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 So yeah. for all I, the people I, who are like, oh, he threw 80% yeah. against third stringers, look what... Fucking AJ McCarron's doing tonight. So, so, so you want to you tell me that Nate Peterman's dominance over second and third stringers matters for nothing? No. Look, look what AJ McCarron's doing against the guys who probably aren't going to be playing for the Bears it, this year. It is the lack of dominance that we've had by any quarterback. I mean, yes, I, Peterman's been great, but like it hasn't been dominant. It hasn't been like okay, yep, we all know. I mean, uh, it's, it's been pretty dominant. Yeah, but there's still it's still a question. What's it's a question still, about? What, the, who's going to start as the Bills quarterback? So I, th- I think it's only a question at this point because McDermott's been so cagey about it. It, it. Like, there's really... The fact that there's homers out there that think that Allen or McCarron could still potentially start, I think is... I, I think there's a case to be made on either side, which is why it's still a question, which is Nate Peterman has clearly earned it, but what are we doing? Nate, Nate Peterman's not the guy that we spent an entire year hoarding picks and trading up to get. Yeah, so why would we delay the future? That's, we, that's why it's a question. But... But I think when they drafted Allen, everybody knew 
he's not going to start from the beginning. He's not the type of player that's going to go on from day one. And that was well understood in drafting Allen. But I think that was under the pres- presumption that Allen did not show to be at least comparable to the current starter. So, you know, Peterman looked great. He had great completion percentage. He made smart decisions. But he also threw those passes where you kind of just held your breath a little bit. And and, and you also, more importantly than that, you saw what Josh Allen can do when yeah. he made those crazy throws. And so half of Bills Nation is saying, you know what? Yeah, he's, he, he, he's raw and he's a mess, but the only thing that's going to fix him and turn him into the better quarterback, the quarterback that we all want to be, is for him to play. And so just put him through the drills. Put him through it, and he can take it because he's a good quarterback. You know, and then the other half is saying that no, let him learn, let him learn by watching, and all those other. I don't, I, I honestly do not know the answer. All I know is I want Peterman to play and lose for the first four to five games, and and the reason why I want that is because I know that the rest of this team sucks ass right now. Well, we'll get into that, but let's. And l- so that's l- l- why l- 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 I think that to, for Allen to be successful, which ultimately I think he will be, he's going to need a, some surrounding characters. But let's and let me touch on something that we talked about the other day. I put out a Twitter poll. Twitter, for, you know, empirically agreed with us, but it wasn't as unanimous as it was with us. Which is what is what is the more important aspect of a quarterback's game? Is it to run the offense or is it to throw the football? And unquestionably. Nate Peterman is better at running the offense. The same was true last year in comparison to Tyrod Taylor. So as far as giving us a chance to win and move the football and keep things interested and make the opposing defense actually have to game plan and play like a professional defense, Peterman's the man, for sure. Now, Josh Allen's the wild card, and to your point, Suge, he played just well enough in preseason and did just enough things well enough that has people thinking about it, but the decision should be pretty clear. If, if it comes down to if we think that running the offense is the more important thing for a quarterback to be doing, it has to be Nate Peterman. Well, and I, I also think there's a bit of a social experiment that maybe uh, McDermott is doing here because think about it. You start Allen and he sucks, right? In the sixth, seventh, eighth game of the season, it's it's dreary. It's dreary. It sucks. We're all We're all just kind of really down on our luck. Peterman starts. Peterman sucks. Okay, great. We at least have something to look forward to. There's a there's a there's an aspect of Allen coming in in week six, seven, or eight that can reinvigorate the team, reinvigorate the fan base, like do something. Whereas you start him from the beginning and we suck. It's it's sixteen. It's seventeen weeks of pure suckiness. Agreed. Now I think that the other thing that a lot of people will point to, which was painfully obvious in Cincinnati, is this offensive line. But I want, I want to be on record because I was pounding the table about it during the Fitzpatrick years, which is quarterbacks can do a lot to make their offensive line look better. And I think that Nate Peterman, way more so than Josh Allen right now, has, has the ability to do just that. And, and it actually works in reverse when Allen's back there. I think he makes the offensive line look worse. And they are not good enough right now to have a quarterback out there testing their metal play-by-play. I think it's a good point. I, Greg Sell um, on One Bills Live, which sweet Jesus. One Bills Live? I can't Dude, I can, can't let listen me just, to those Can I just interject anymore. for one second? I have not listened to it. And if you listen to our draft podcast, 
we went on for about 10 minutes and did a little role playing about how bad Steve Tasker was. I have not listened to it. I tried listening for five minutes while walking the dog last week. Makes you week. want to kill yourself. It was worse than our depiction on draft night doing the silly role playing. Steve Tasker was getting names wrong. He was getting facts wrong. I mean, he sounded like me. He like John Murphy wasn't even paying attention. <laughs> like there was dead air. They were they were like talking over each other. It was so bad is it like that every day for three i just tuned in for a five minute window and it was some of the worst radio i've ever heard i mean it's like listening to rock pile report oh <laughs> no he didn't why you gotta play us on twitter though okay sorry i joined twitter for like the first time ever um but uh no it, it's 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 really bad the only reason if you know the nice thing of the radio.com app for wgr you got the you know the the on demand stuff, spotty at best. But whatever, it, same thing with the old WGR app. You get some on demand stuff. So you know, I don't want to listen to four hours of Howard and Jeremy, not because I don't love Howard and Jeremy, yeah. but I just don't want to. F- and because you don't have a job like Cassie that allows <laughs> yeah, for we're, it we're every Cassie day. But uh, but you know, I just want to get the like the new points. Like I don't want to hear. I certainly don't want to hear freaking Murph or or Steve Tasker <laughs> wax philosophical. Murph just yell at callers who say anything remotely critical. Of the right, team. exactly. But Greg Cassell was on there, and he was saying how Josh Allen, you know, it wasn't like with him getting sacked all the time. It wasn't just about the offensive line being bad. It was also the fact that he was not taking his drops properly. So he would take the drop too early, which would leave him too close to the line for the amount of time that was required for the route to be run, or he would take his drops too far back. And so, so basically the story was that he was not taking his drops to the right depth for the route that was there, which is something that Peterman is great at, and that's why his time, his throws look so perfectly timed I mean, all Peter, the time. Peterman knows where he's throwing the ball before the goddamn play call comes in. Right, and that is the problem with Peterman as well. It's right, also, it's, a, it's also it's, what keeps it's that strength, noodle arm in business. It's the strength, and it's also the weakness because when that isn't there for some reason, he does not have the ability to improvise because he doesn't have the arm strength to just thread something in there you know and as opposed to josh allen who that's what he tried thrives see, on see also pennington comma chad yeah can we can we not have a six yard like out route that's like timing throw to the sideline that will or can the first play of the season be a like a, a pump and go <laughs> like because yeah, every yeah, quarter every quarterback's gonna be sitting on that route like let's just you know let's give them what let's give them what they want you know what maybe Maybe he's evil genius, and that's what Peterman's been doing all preseason. Would, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm would not put it past. Him. I'm waiting for them. They're gonna jump this. Yeah, I, I mean, the kid's got a fucking noodle of an arm, but, <laughs> but you know, but it's just good enough. But it's, but he's unless he has to make and, those throws. And you know, the, the other thing that's really important Which is that this is not the same cannot. Peterman from last year. Nope, he's better. Right? He is, he has improved significantly, and he's not very, in terms of arm strength, but he's he's learned to compensate he's better very for his accurate. arm strength. He is. Very, very accurate. Very, I mean, you, I mean, you can look at his completion percentage above eighty percent and make that call. That's fine. But if you actually watch the games, he's exceptionally good, like Fitz was at putting the ball where a receiver can catch and run. I mean, should, he, should we turn the conversation to where is he going to be throwing the ball and who is he going to be throwing to? Yes. Well, we'll get to, we'll get to that in a second because I, I do want to do our roundtable of predictions here. But we haven't talked at all about the defensive side of the ball. And the preseason thus far has not inspired a ton of confidence in Tremaine Edmonds, the rookie, who we're, who we're relying on, on in Vontae Davis, big time, uh, who, if, if you were to take what Sean McDermott said, 
uh, literally is is fighting for his job. He should be. He sucked ass. And and for anybody, including Trent Murphy, who I don't think has yet to take a snap in a Bills uniform along our defensive line. Now I know that Cassie uh, will remind us that Jerry, I'm playing one on four every time I'm out there has not done anything either oh wait are you talking about him or because the guy is so mentally unstable he has to create an alter ego you know what just be a man fucking buck up and and, and don't blame he wants to blame somebody else he's got to blame and run support he's got to blame the, this alter ego Ugh. so at this point i think we're all in agreement that if we're going to string together anything that's a respectable number of wins this year we're going to need a defense to keep us in games or like last year, a defense that gets us into the playoffs by hit, missing by golly freak plays, uh, mostly in the, in the first half of the season there. But do we have reason to be alarmed about this defense or do we feel confident that after game planning and scheming that Sean McDermott, who's known as a defensive court, a defensive minded coach, will kind of right this ship and that that's not, should not really be a point of concern. I think the defense is not going to be as good as it was. I think the, the biggest disappointment is going to be in our secondary. There's been some weird things. Micah Hyde's to look good, but I've seen Jordan Poyer make some really silly mistakes, I thought, during the course of the, the season or preseason. That might just be nonsense. That might be, you know, whatever. You see like a tiny, tiny window on, on, on the preseason games, especially on NFL Network or, or whatever. But um, I don't know. I just haven't been. I asked you guys that first preseason game. I was like, should we be worried about our past defense? And the universal answer that I got was, go fuck yourself. Um, but that no, it's fine. But I'm not. I'm not that convinced that it's going to be the strength. Well, that we, we haven't done anything yet to indicate that that'll be the case. After the first preseason game, it seemed a little premature to be making that call. Yes. But in your defense now, Suge, there's nothing to suggest that we should be confident. that it's going to be great. Right? We're not getting picks. We're not doing all these other things, and so. Um, so anyway, so I mean, I think I'm I'm a little bit concerned about that. I actually think that our run defense will be improved. Um, I think it's going to take time, though. I think it's going to take time for Harrison Phillips to work into the mix and and for those guys to gel again because I think that there's there's been a, a significant amount of turnover, especially in the linebacker position. And I think that when the linebackers have changed, especially you know a brand new rookie at middle linebacker, um, it's going to take time for that unit to gel. Um, but I think it'll happen. I, I, I do have faith that, that uh, Sean McDermott will be able to put that together, as well as Leslie Frazier. So uh, we're going to round this out now uh, before we get some of our, our far-flung correspondents on the line uh, to share some of their thoughts with us as well. One of the things we wanted to do, though, was go around, do a little roundtable prediction action, um, and I'll go first. So last year, our leading receiver in receptions was LaShawn McCoy, and in yards, it was Charles Clay, and in touchdowns, with three, I know you all know this, was Andre Holmes. Now, the incredible part about that that we mentioned was the fact that we signed Kelvin Benjamin in October, around Halloween, and he still couldn't get three touchdown receptions? So He got four, but one was taken away. So have fun with that, Cleveland. Um, who is going to be the leading receptions getter, receptions yard, reception yards, and receiving touchdowns for the Bills in 2018? We'll start with receptions. I think that McCoy, if he stays healthy, will easily retain that crown. Does anybody think otherwise? Ray Ray McLeod. 
I think that there's a chance that Charles Clay could could rival him if he stays healthy and they use the middle of the field and the tight ends like they have been using and they're as big a part of the offense as But there's no chance that a wide receiver has the most catches on this team this year, right? Correct. But a screenplay counts as a reception, right? Yeah, and a, yeah, swing, yeah, and yeah. a swing pass and a yeah, shovel yeah, yeah, pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with this offense, yeah, there's no way. I would even go uh, McCoy and whoever McCoy's backup would be one and two. That's the problem, though. I think that a lot of those screen passes are going to go to Trenton or uh, going to go to Murphy. What's his first name? Uh, now you got me all messed Marcus. up. Marcus, Marcus, Marcus Murphy. Yeah. Um, Who, by the way, we haven't mentioned yet. It, we liked right. his game last year when we saw him for the first right. time in Miami. And yeah. So I think that some of it's going to go to him, some of it's going to go to McCoy. I actually think that in this offense, with the with the emphasis that's going to be placed with Peterman at quarterback um, mm. in timing routes, I actually think our slot receiver is going to play a big role. So I actually do think that in terms of, we said yardage or no, numbers? No, we're on catches. Numbers of catches, I actually think it's going to be Ray Ray McLeod. Dude, okay. I'm just going. McLeod. Listen, McLeod. you guys are going to guess the obvious McLeod things. McLeod might. And if I'm right, might then I get to fucking like, you know, celebrate. If, if Ray Ray McLeod leads this team in receptions this year, I'm saying to here on on the podcast, I will eat a glass bottle. How about that? <laughs> I whatever you buy, we'll come back to we bitter have a pops. GI doctor, you can so buy another okay. yeah, you can buy another bomber of Pipeworks IPA here and I will eat the goddamn bottle if Ray Ray McLeod leads this team in receptions. But wouldn't it be amazing though? Wouldn't it be just be amazing? It sure would be incredible. Suji is this week's Homer of the week. So like, w- you just want to say ridiculous things but in case it comes true. You do know who gets That's it. true, but I also just like to say Ray Ray McLeod. It's, okay? it's, it's one of the most unlikely names. It's like Jerome O'Shaughnessy. The, um, no, it's like Leotis McKelvin, okay? <laughs> well, that's, that's just a combination. Anyways, the, um, <laughs> the receiver, though, who does get a lot of touches when Peterman's out there, and he did last year, too, is Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin gets a lot of comeback throws. He got the re- he got the touchdown reception against Carolina this year, so don't count him out necessarily. I don't think he'll put up a lot of yards, but he might be in this conversation for receptions if Peterman is the quarterback for the bulk of the season. I I, I would uh, let's move to the next category of touchdowns. Well, well before no, well let's go to yards. Yards. First. Oh, yes. we'll get we'll, we'll, well, well yards. I mean, so touchdowns though is such a what three? Yeah, we're, we're it took three to be the leading that touchdown. Was Tyrod. That was Three. Tyrod. So high. And it was Andre Holmes. Yeah. But that was Tyrod. So we know so much more about the quarterbacks this year to say one way or the other. I hear what you're saying, but it's such a mystery. So let's go to yards because we're, we're, we can talk at length about what the hell is going to happen with touchdowns. Yards, I'm definitely going with the tight end. So it'll be like Clay. You think Clay? I, I, I think well, he was be. He, he led last year too. So, so far, it's a facsimile of last year. Yeah. No, Ray Ray McLeod. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, he I agree. Team last I agree year, with so. tight end. I agree with like Clay or someone being the yards leader. I'm gonna but, I'm, I'm gonna throw out a wild card in there. If 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 Allen becomes plays more games in the season then, than Peterman, then all bets are off. All bets are off. I mean, that goes different. I mean, it could be like Corey Coleman for, yeah. if he makes the if team. Still, yeah. So I'm actually gonna throw out a wild oh, card. Ray. If it is a wide receiver, I think there's a chance it could be Zay Jones. I think we I think we're gonna see Zay Jones a lot this year on like crossing patterns where he maybe catches the ball five yards past the line of scrimmage and runs for another eight or nine. I think I think we're gonna see that a lot this year. I, I actually think that if 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 Zay can get back to the form that we all expected of him, then I think that he will be a Peterman favorite. I really do, because I think he runs clean routes. 
Um, but the problem is that he just, you know, whether it's drop balls or, or whatever, or getting out of his own head, um, he he just hasn't been performing. And we didn't, we I don't know, we just haven't seen him much in the preseason between the injuries and, and, and whatnot. And being on bath salts. Yeah, I was just going to say, if he ends up not in the psych ward, then maybe, yeah, that... That's not. Right, so, so we can move the touchdowns now, Cass. Who do you, who do you? I know you have somebody in mind. So again, it only takes four. If you get four touchdown receptions, you would be the 2017 leader. So, Kelvin Benjamin, and he's going to go three times the amount. Nine, at least. You think he's good for nine? I, th- I think he's at least good for nine. See, I think I think it could be McCoy at like five. Receiving. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with. With Benjamin and Clay are tied. I do think it's going to be the big. I think it's going to be the big body. Ray receiver. Ray McLeod. So the, the no, it's not going to be Ray Ray. Ray Ray just gets us down the field, and then the big bodies imply that like we'll be scoring from the red zone. I, I just don't. I I just I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it, and I think that McCoy is more likely to score on like a swing pass in the red zone than they are on a fade or a back shoulder. We also don't know that McCoy is not going to lose a step this year. That's every every year, you know, like every year, like just when when we saw Fred lose that step, it was like very distinct the year that we saw Fred lose a step, right? So, well, in in a lot of ways, Lashawn McCoy is not Fred Jackson. I'll just yeah let, yeah let no, no, just, no 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 I, don't get me wrong I'm, as, I'm not, I'm not as suggesting a, as, that as as three of the people on this planet who love Fred Jackson and, and may even consider him their all time favorite Bill, I think we're all comfortable saying he's no Lashawn. No, McCoy. I know, but what, my point being that like you know. Anatomical issues catch up to you, right? And, and and it's usually quite distinct that like you just see that they don't have that same top speed. So, yeah, well, I mean, look, I mean, like LT, I mean, right. Adrian Peterson, Chris Johnson. I mean, it happens. These guys who are insanely good athletes. It's not like it's not like a Frank Gore type who is just really good at finding the crease and bowling his way down the field. These guys who have relied on athleticism, yeah, they go from being what top three back to just not even. I mean, can, relevant. Can, can we throw Marcus Murphy in there? As touchdown receptions? As touchdown receptions. I mean, imagine LaShawn goes out. When, when, when Chris Ivory, the who the hell knows? Is Andre Holmes with three. Literally, the field is wide open. It could be anybody. And who was that crazy son of a bitch that was a really good rookie and then... Carlos Williams? Yeah. <laughs> what, where, do we have, a, have we had a Carlos Williams update in a while? Where is he? Is he I'm sure it's, at this point he's 290 pounds. And has at least, if not if not a, in a warrant out for his rescue, he's most certainly on probation. Maybe maybe he's hanging out with incognito somewhere. Jeez, oh, let's not even let's not even go there. Cass, coming to you now for a prediction category. So I mean, I, it, the reason we started with that one is because it's so wide open. It, it leaves so much room for speculation, especially when you get into scores. I mean, it could be Andre Holmes again. It could be Andre Holmes with five. Who knows? They seem to like him and. And you guys, <clears throat> by your logic, Andre Holmes, by the way, is 6'5". You wouldn't know by watching him play football, but he's a big guy. So, Cass, coming to you now, your prediction category for the 20, 2018 season. As I, as I watch a running back scramble for, what was that, 40 yards right there? Is that Cadet? Yeah. Cadet just went for about 40 yards. My question to you guys is, do you think that the Bills this year will give up on defense, more rushing yards, then we acquire on offense. See, this is a great question because if we're losing most games, then it, it puts the balance of power into the opposing team's rushing attack. But I think all signs indicate that we're going to be a run-heavy team again this year. So I'm going to have to think about it. Suge, what do you think? 
the only thing I can look at is what has been the only bright spot of the entire preseason. It's been our running backs. We're talking about Marcus Murphy. We're talking about the fact that Travers Cadet, you know, is is making plays. Tyron Jones is. Was it? Is it Tarveris? I don't know. That's I'm Tarveris. Tarveris. No, don't be racist. It's not all blonde people. Don't look the same, okay? No, but the the point is that I feel like, but Chris Ivory was a pleasant surprise. He's played well. Uh, Marcus Murphy has played well. Even I didn't know your name. Sorry. Um, Taiwan Jones. Like all these guys are playing well. If nothing else, these guys are going to be good trade bait. We can't keep five running backs, but um, but you know, I, I just think that there's no question in my mind that. That is going to be the best part. Now, the problem is that these guys need holes, right? And I think I think that these guys, the, our line they also sucks need, They also need a defense, defense that has to respect the pass, defense, or pass offense. Right, which is why you might see Josh Allen sooner than later, <laughs> I think, because, just because you got to take the top off the defense. But um, but I think that the this, this offensive line is much better at run defense, or sorry, at run blocking than they are at pass blocking. Um, I think they they can use their size and physicality to to bowl people pull over. Um, and Brian Dabble came from Alabama, where there's plenty of people running the ball. Um, so I think that I, that's what I think is going to happen. I think that we will do very well actually with the run, and I think that we will struggle for a really long time with the pass because people will sit on Peterman's routes, and then eventually in the last three to five games, Josh Allen will come in. Uh, and there will be, we will see passes downfield. We will see picks at the same time. We will see all kinds of crazy shit, but we'll all be excited because it'll be something different. You know who's not trade bait? And I kind of hope that he would be. AJ McCarron. Holy testicle Tuesday. This guy looks terrible. So in 2017, we had over 2,000 rushing yards, just over 2,000 rushing yards, right? Led by LaShawn McCoy. Our second leading runner is actually not on our team anymore. Tyrod Taylor. I don't see Nate Peterman or Josh Allen getting over 400 yards and rushing. Okay, okay. So I, I think that's a big factor for consideration. Yeah, the only problem is that we, I mean, who was our backup running back last year? Uh, Tolbert. Don't say it. Don't even say the name. Okay, don't say that name, and, Mike Tolbert. And Taiwan Jones and Tavares Cadet. And eventually yeah, but Marcus those guys Murphy. were just getting their, their, their feet wet, right? It was fucking Tolbert who sucked. I mean, we could just put in Kyle Williams, who's one for one per yard and a touchdown. Yeah, that's also true. I mean, true. go so for that. So how many teams last year, though, Cass, had a negative ratio of more yards surrendered? I mean, is it even common in the NFL? I wouldn't know. I don't know. I, I, I would have to look it up. But I think you're, like, losing teams are obviously going to be on the end of that yeah. ratio being, being off. Because if you're down in a game, you're throwing, and the, your opponents are running. So, so that's what you think will be the the, the reality for Buffalo. Oh this yeah, year. I I am I definitely think we will give up more rushing yards than we will. So that's a, that's a huge flip of the script from the last three years. That would be very very. That means we are definitely like two to three and thirteen, yeah. right? Because we're not going to be passing the ball like a bunch of rock stars. Last year it was a difference of twenty five thirty yards. We ran for two thousand seventeen and we gave up one thousand nine hundred ninety four. We, we got Star Latule. What's his name? Latule. All right, coming to so you. It was close. Okay, let's, let's, all right, it was all close right. last I, year. I, I'm, case is made. Suge, coming to you now for your prediction category. You have not even thought about it. I either. haven't even. Not, you know, I haven't thought about it a little bit. I have not thought about it a little bit. Uh, so, coming off the, the fly, I've decided that my prediction category should be a wild card. 
All right, well, then we'll save it for the end of the episode. And in the meantime... Love it. In the meantime, who are we getting on the phone here, Cass? Uh, well, neither of them have actually responded. So I think we are, we're going to give them a call and we're going to... We're going to see. So we're going to come back on the other side with a, with a little mini wild card yep. of who the next person we're talking to <laughs> yeah. is. Because it could just be the wild card. So let's, let's not waste any more time and find out. Well, we're coming up at the end of the episode, so it's the wild card portion of the episode. It's the wild card! And I guess that answers that question. We were uh, unrequited by both Bill and Jeff, so straight into the wild card it shall be. This is Bills and Beers. We talk about the Buffalo Bills, but we do so drinking beer. And as Suge so eloquently and long-windedly uh, explained already in this episode, we are at Bitter Pops. A but literally, beer I have a cot in the back, okay? A beer mecca here in Chicago, and we've all been enjoying several interesting and delicious flavors. Cass, we'll start with you, the non-IPA drinker among us. What were you enjoying tonight? Um, so I, I do have to do a little bit of a shout-out because they do have a beer from... Um, I got I to got look. What is it? Odd Oddballs? Odd Ales? Side ales. The beer, beer me. I mean, the beer me. You had like 25 minutes to prepare for. Yeah, this but side. it's from my hometown. It's from Grand Haven, Michigan. Ah. Odd side ales. That's it. Odd side ales from uh, Grand Haven, Michigan. Um, but I actually didn't select that one. I got a. Uh, I got. A little, I, I. I can't read it over there. I don't know. I got a, like a saison. Oh, of course um, you did. So I. I I've, it's been nice. It's been good. Do you want to know something though? Being a light beer drinker, and I, I really wish that Jeff Day was here to be able to talk about that, but yeah. like Kolsch's were big last year. It, there's been a, like a devoid of a void of Kolsch's this year, and it's been it's been a really sad time for us light so beer drinkers. So Kolsch's, Saison's, to a lesser extent, Pilsner's, Blondales, Blondes, Belgians. There's, a, there's an extensive wits. blonde selection these days. Yeah. Blondes, blondes are in. Blondes are in. Blondes are in. I, I just kind of go with the thing that's got that. What is it? The ABU. That's what you and I are into. The, yeah, the IBU. You love IBU. you love your IPAs. So, and relative to that, so, uh, and Bill was around with me last summer. Bill and I both uh, were fortunate to have uh, sons born uh, within a couple weeks of each other. So, Bill and I were spent most of summer 2017, kind of like you know, b- kicking around the house. And as part of that, I put together a new tradition. I'm not sure I talked about it here on the show, but it's called Door Day. Yeah, Door Day. Yeah, Door, yeah, Door Day. Day. Okay, so yeah, yeah. so Bill helped me celebrate the first Door Day, and, and Door Day was basically maybe, maybe the listeners are nice. Yeah, so with Door, Day. Door Day was like I would buy a four pack of pint cans, almost exclusively IPAs, and it just so happens that the fridge on my door could hold ten of them. So every time on you know every Friday I'd come home from work I'd buy a four pack I'd take one off and I'd put it on the door so I'd have a variety and after ten weeks and getting ten different kinds of pint can IPAs it was time to celebrate Door Day. That sounds like ten really boring Fridays. Yeah, well again I just had a kid so I was doing the thing, but in the process of doing Door Day and then I did like a Door Day light where I got only about three quarters of the way through I pretty much exhausted all of the options for IPA pint cans that I could reasonably get in my neighborhood or anywhere else. And then I come to this beer mecca, Bitter Pops, and I see a whole assortment of pint can IPAs that I've never tried before. So I'm actually thinking about reinstituting Door Day, starting with the American-style India Pale Ale from here in Chicago. So it calls itself the Shy PA. Shy, baby. 
the byway. Not bad. Uh, an American. Who's it, who's it from? Byway. Byway. I've never. Byway. I've never. Heard never of heard of them either. The in, the Indiana Brewers Club 2016 Gold Medal. The Shy PA from Byway. Pretty good. Not too bad. I doubt that most of our listeners can get it because I don't think we have a lot of Chicago-based listeners. But I'm sure a lot of our listeners. What's wrong with y'all in Chicago? Have heard of this next? We are fucking glorious. Brand Dogfish Head, of course. Uh, the 60 to 90, quite popular in most bars in the United States. This is the Liquid Truth Serum IPA, also quite good. Recommend them both. Suge, what have you been enjoying this evening? Uh, I started off with a local Chicago brew. Uh, great, great brewery, Hot Butcher. Uh, I had their Double Grid, which is their double New England-styled IPA. I like it, but I'm just not a huge New England st- New England IPA fan. So I, I do want to say it was hoppier, but it was creamy and smooth. So I had a little sip of it, and it... It wasn't bad. Can I, can I, sorry, how many beers are you going to detail here? Just two. Okay. Okay. So uh, bring me back to this. I want to interject something. Okay. Yeah. We're looking at it right now. I'm just, this whole milky nonsense. I don't creamy. know. I just, I don't, I don't love it. I don't love it. It's, it's just, but it's just me in New England. I, I want to go back to my West Coast style IPAs. I want them back. I want my green flash. I want all that. But the one thing that will always be my heart, my baby, my sweet Jesus. Oh, oh, sorry. I'm Hindu. It's okay. Uh, is my Pipeworks IPA. Love Pipeworks. Love my Pipeworks IPA. Have IPAs. we had the conversation the about best ninja, ninja versus Unicorn? No, but we should. Wow. Whatever you want to talk about Ninja versus Unicorn, we can talk about it. Uh, this is one of the, the their series, their Snapper series, which is their uh, Bomber IPAs. This is an Imperial IPA brewed with honey, blood orange, and citra hops. And anyone that knows me knows that I love me some citra hops. So this is their Crimson Snapper. It's delicious. Uh, and I, 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 I bought two. Just with one for you, baby. That's Ooh. right. I bought two. Just Knowing one for Cass you. Cass is going to drink it, so it's more for Suge. Yeah, exactly. So a little quick uh, aside there. New England IPA. I don't drink it because it's got New England in the title, and that's that's mostly true. Uh, and also, I think I had it once. Cheaters. And it, it kind of like, it sort of like to me, was a little like on the Belgian side of things. Definitely good for Cass. Not so good for me. So last weekend, I was playing golf with my buddy who's from Buffalo. Not a Bills fan because he was born in Canada. But we don't hold that against him. He's a good guy. So Wait, that, doesn't that mean the same thing? Canada Bills fan? And I was I have like my drink container that says Bills on it. And we got paired with this guy. And he said, oh, you're from Buffalo. I said, oh, no, I'm a Bills fan. And my buddy's like, oh, I'm actually from Buffalo. And then these two got to talking. He's got family back in Buffalo. He used to go all the time. He's a really cool guy. But at one point in time, he indicates I'm from New England. And I was like, ah. And he's like, I'm from Boston. I was like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ. So we're playing, 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 and I don't bring it up. I don't, like, whenever somebody says they're from Boston, I don't ask. Like, I don't care. I don't ask because you might tell me you're a New England Patriots fan, but to me that means you've discovered football sometime around 2005. So we're playing, 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 and then my buddy who, from Buffalo, again, not a Bills fan, and is actually liking this guy, and he was a good guy, which I was like, I wish this guy wasn't from Boston because he's a good guy. My buddy who's kind of clueless goes, so are you a Patriots fan? As we're, like, ready to tee off in the last hole, and the guy goes, no, I don't really follow football that much. And I was like, oh, okay, good for him. He goes, yeah, my dad was the punter for the Patriots for a long time, and he had 40 concussions, and sometimes you see the other side of it, and I just have a hard time following football. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I was like, way to bury the lead, buddy. And, and, and it kind of brought me full circle. I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to be friends with this guy now, but it was like, 
we had talked about football and Buffalo and all these things, and he waited till the very last hole to drop the bomb of like, oh yeah, my dad was the punter for the Patriots. He had 40 concussions, and now I hate football. I think it's really important for everyone to remember what the Patriots were like before Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, right? Because only on a team that bad could the fucking punter have 40 concussions. So it's like, it's, what the fuck are you doing? It's worth noting that he was, I think he said he's 32. So that means his his dad was probably the punter in the late seventies through mid eighties, right? That would put, all bad. Yeah, so not not a good not a good time. Anyways, uh, way off track. It's but speaking of concussions <laughs> and going crazy. <laughs> yes, yes. Bring it back to the wild card. Here we go. You know, we've had a really really interesting off season. We've you know lost some of our favorites. We almost lost Kyle Williams, but he came back. And man, if you watch that embedded episode, he's still such a heart of this team. We've lost uh, Eric Wood, you know, the, the, the other center of our uh, of the other side of the ball, our, our offense. And then we've lost some people and almost lost some people from really, really weird circumstances. Richie Incognito was down at a gym, I think, in Florida and just started literally, the man is fucking huge, and he just started throwing 50-pound weights like fucking Frisbees at people, thinking that the FBI was after him. And then... Zay fucking... No, no, no. Wait. You, the more well, recent... Well, the more recent... I actually didn't want... Because I don't want to see it. Tell me what he did. So, I guess his father just passed. Oh, that's... And sad. he was in, like, the, the mortuary, like, threatening the people there about, like, what to do with his father's remains and... Like, the cops had to be called because he, he was making a scene and threatening people and, like, punching asked, the wall. He asked him to cut his head off y- so yes. that he could take the head away from the body or something like that. Yeah. And it's... You know, it's not just that. It's also, like, he got... He got I mean, asked to be released. So first, he's, we, he signs I mean, we, a new we, contract. We, then he gets a- he asked to be released, and then the next day he's like, "Oh, just kidding, Buffalo." And then he's like, "Oh, suddenly I, I want to play." And then it's like, it's the most fucking insane shit in the world. Like, but that's like someone but, but that I, is literally I, mentally unstable. Right. And I played golf with a guy who, like, said his dad had a lot of concussions, and you see the other side of it, which was his quote, which means he probably dealt with some stuff growing up too. This is not a laughing matter. I mean, some something is seriously wrong with Richie. Seriously Richie wrong Richie with Richie. Richie no, and you know the sad thing is that if something really bad happens, we're all gonna be like, "Well, yeah." So like, I don't even want to like joke about it because it, CTE. Well, you're kind of ruining my wild card. Yeah. But <laughs> 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 all right, fine. Let's just talk about people on bath salts, <laughs> like fucking Zay Jones. <laughs> all right, this motherfucker is naked, running through the halls of a hotel. His poor brother is trying to correct, and I don't know he who tried was to bleeding. Ju- he tried Why to ju- was there blood everywhere? He tried everywhere. to jump out a window. He tried to jump through a glass window out of like the twenty-four. Yeah, see, that's not smart. You he don't sh- do that. He, if 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 things would have gone according to plan that night for Zay Jones, he would not be with us right now. He would be gone. You are actively ruining everything funny about my wild card. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with this, and I'm just gonna say that okay. Let's because Lars is gonna ruin it. But uh, if we could make it funny. Who? Damn it! Now it's not funny anymore. <laughs> All right. So you want to see someone go crazy, right? Which <laughs> player on the Bills is the next to lose their goddamn mind, and why? What is the circumstances, and why do you want to be there to witness it? Cass, you're first. The Bills have a two-point conversion. The Bills actually scored some points. Lawn didn't get that. I did not get that. that Cass, get Cass, that. Will, Cass, we'll start with you here. Um, Who, who's who's uh, unraveling? Would you like to be there to witness and why? So it's this year's roster. So I'm going to go with a player 
that he is going to unravel this year because he's going to get so much work and work that he's not used to getting. He's going to be out there constantly. And it's Reed Ferguson. Oh. <laughs> because we wow. are going to be punting. We're going to have so many goddamn three and outs that he's just going to lose his mind by having to snap the ball so many damn times. But think about it, guys. The guy legitimately chose the number 69. <laughs> so he's going to lose his mind, and he's probably going to do it. I mean, the guy's got to be, like, already kind of mind gone, probably a little freaky, you know? Um, so I think that like might be an interesting hookers. one. Yeah, like 18 hookers. So you, you, you and just want to be there is what you're saying when yeah. the, oh, guy, yeah. the guy who opted to wear 69. Yeah, yeah. But I, apparently I follow him on Facebook or on Instagram. He's a nice guy. He's got like a family with like two kids. You know, it's yeah. pretty wholesome. But I have a feeling there's like another side to that. So I'm mine is going to be I'm going to go a little outside the box here. And mine is because this offseason I was because Reed Ferguson wasn't right. outside the box. <laughs> no, I'm going to go a little further here. Uh, I was thoroughly let down when it uh, the, when it became apparent to me that Brandon Bean is not like a six four kind of like strapping dude and is in fact kind of like a five seven schlubby kind of like big calves shorts past his knees kind of guy and that just really shattered my impression of the man which is unfortunate because as a as wait a, are you criticizing him for something he wore because yesterday i was criticizing some people for what they wore no i'm you were I'm, criticizing for someone for something that their wife was holding not even something she was wearing although what she was wearing was hideous but anyways so brandon bean and again as a tall person myself i don't i don't like to rag on guys for being short but like it it's appreciated. It kind of, it, it was like, oh, really? That's, I, man, I thought that this was a, a man of, of a much greater stature. That said, I would like to be there for Brandon Bean's unraveling because I, having become aware of his slight in stature, much about his personality then kind of snapped into focus. So when Brandon Bean loses his mind, people are going to be rolling up to one Bill's drive. Brandon Bean got there at 3 a.m., <laughs> He's got the American flag flying upside down at the flagpole. You go into his office. He's dressed like Napoleon. Okay, he's got the hat, the whole nine yards. He's got the saber, and he's just shouting at the wall. And you know, he's 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 replaced all the whiteboards with chalkboards, and he's just shouting nonsense. And and he he believes he believes that he is now entrusted with the entirety of Western New York under his control. Um, talks down to Terry Pagula and, and basically just, just goes on an egotistical rampage to anybody within 20 feet of him. That's what I envision from Brandon Bean, knowing very little about the man other than that he's a lot shorter than I expected him to be. So I thought about the obvious answers. Like, Trey Davious White should go crazy. Trey Davious White almost went crazy last year, right? Um... You know, I was thinking about, you know, what, what happens if Shady just finally fucking loses it? Because that would actually be really, really fun to watch. Yeah, let's not even talk about what's going on with him and the law. You know, uh, but uh, the person that I actually really want to see, and you might know about a theme here. Ray Ray? I want to see Ray Ray McLeod lose his shit. You don't know anything about the man. That's exactly why I want to see it. If your name is Ray Ray McLeod, that shit is going to be interesting, Okay. When Ray Ray loses so his shit, Ray Ray doesn't have any fucking money, man. <laughs> Ray Ray can't even, like, go out in style. Like, Ray Ray is going to be sitting there 
in the Bills fucking parking lot in a tub filled with water with duckies just taking a fucking bath. Okay, that's how Ray Ray's going to fucking lose his mind. And he's just sitting there like, he's like, Mama gave me a bath. Mommy, and then they're going to cut him and he's not going to leave. He's not going to get cut. He's No, but when he loses his shit and he's taking a bath in the parking lot, they're going to cut him because he's crazy, right? Because that's what the NFL does because they don't recognize fucking mental illness. But as an aside message, when Ray Ray loses his shit, they're going to cut him, right? He's not going to go anywhere. He's going to keep coming. He's going to keep showing up, and he's going to be tailgating with you motherfuckers. Yeah. Okay, that's what's going to happen. And he's still going to think he's on the team. He's going to be like, I got to go. I got to go. I got kickoff. I got to get this. And everyone's going to be trying to be nice to him because he's a nice guy. But Ray Ray is going to genuinely lose his shit. He's going to be like the Chicago Ronnie Woo Woo who like walks oh, around it? in the Cubs uniform. Full uniform. Full uniform. And, you know, falls asleep drunk on the train. And you're like, oh, there's Ronnie Woo Woo. And you're like, Woo Woo. And he's like, Woo Woo. That's exactly Ray Ray McLeod. It's good. Ray Ray. So uh, kickoff to the NFL season is now one week away. It's next Thursday night. So it's we're now within uh, 11 and 12, whatever, 10 days of a Bills kickoff. Let's celebrate the fact that we're not watching the Patriots kick off the season I'll on drink Thursday to that. night. The... Uh, Season is anybody's guess as to where this thing's going. We're not we're not in a playoff drought. Which five is, wins, which is cool. So Suge's prediction is five wins. I think I'm gonna go six. I think I'll go six wins. We draft like eighth, Cass. Three. Three wins. Okay. Well, that would be like the worst season uh, in like 15 years. Yeah, I'm setting myself up for complete and utter disappointment. So when we hit five, it feels like we've almost doubled. The amount of wins, I thought. Okay, so that's where we think it's going to come in. I think worst case scenario is like three. I think best case scenario, nine. Nine. And seven. Nine. I think nine is, I think, best case scenario. So I think we're somewhere between six and nine. The thing that's difficult is that if, if we're in a position to get nine, I don't think Josh Allen starts. And I don't see, you know. Well, after the, after the whole Peterman Tyrod scenario last year, I think that's absolutely the case. Lars just said it. We're between six and nine. That's Re- right. Reed Ferguson's so Reed, screwed. Reed, Reed, Reed Ferguson and Cassie's going to be right there. Uh, unclear yet if we're going to be accepting my bookies money this year as a sponsor, but you, you're welcome to use their website if you like. Uh, and I don't know what the promo code is. Hey, they, don't don't fuck. I still got money on my bookie. Okay. Well, they they if tried you to pay me. Start talking shit. They're going to take my shit away. They tried you know to pay they're me in Angola, today, right? They tried to pay me today, and I don't have a promo code to give our listeners. So um, just That's check point. check back next week. Maybe I'll have one for you then, and then you'll get a hundred percent free deposit. But until then, find us on uh, iTunes, find us on Stitcher, and now find us on Google Play by request from a Twitter user today. Find us on Twitter, find us on Facebook, just search for Bills and Beers. Tell your friends, tell your loved ones, tell your neighbors, tell everybody you know in Bills Nation how you found this podcast. Gang, it's great to be back with you. Suge, you're half the man you used to be. Uh, Looking good, my friend. You can have what's left of me. And Cass, lovely as always. It's been fun hanging out in front of a microphone. I hope our listeners had as much fun as we did tonight. And next time you hear from us, it'll be post-game. After the week one matchup in Baltimore. Prediction. Week one win. Prediction. You're predicting a win? Oh, I'm, I am actually am predicting I'm a pre- win. I'm fuck, predicting a win. Fuck Baltimore. You know what? Of our three wins, I'm predicting it. First week of the season. And then we can get disappointed the whole rest of the season. And that makes three of us. You heard it here first, Bills fans. But until then, go Bills. The Bills make me want to shout.